2: Our U.S. southern border is about to get a lot worse. That's incredible because already we have skyrocketing numbers of individuals crossing our border into the United States. And when you see some of the latest figures, it really is incredible. I mean, they believe that in the last two years or so, about 2 million people have just gotten away. They just have no track of them. And we also believe that 85,000 kids are completely unaccounted for. That's a fact. So think about how bad and how dangerous the situation is. And then now let's add the fact that this immigration program that was in place, basically to be there in the case of health emergencies and a whole bunch of other crises. It's called Title 42. Well, Title 42 is about to be lifted. And Title 42 was basically the thing that blocked essentially people from coming, supposed to come freely across the border. That's the irony of it all, that it was supposed to be something that essentially Did a preemptive block because maybe they weren't vaccinated during COVID. Maybe they haven't been checked. there have been all these stories about an increased amount of polio and other cases of health risks. We know that that's a fact. It's happening in New York and across the country. A number of these illegal migrants. There have been stories about it coming from the New York City Health Department. It's not just some generic source or some biased source saying it's the New York City Health Department. So in the middle of all this, now the United States is bracing for what may be unbelievably a heck of a lot worse with Title 42. It is going to be lifted on May 11th. And many people say that is going to be the opening of the floodgates. Think about it. It already has been so bad across our southern border. Millions have crossed. Millions we have lost and are unaccounted for. And also, many people are on the terrorist watch list that have gotten through. They just busted about two weeks ago 16 of them. 16, it only takes one to really cause disaster in the United States. That's just a few weeks ago. And so when you look at all of those things and the fact that the administration still continues to say everything is fine, it's not a big problem, but we are a little worried... When Title 42 gets lifted, because we really think that maybe the floodgates may open. What do they think has been happening on our southern border for the last two years since President Biden has taken over? We talked with President Trump yesterday, and President Trump was talking about just how dangerous it is that he firmly believes that probably about 15 million will have crossed by the end of this year since Biden took over. That is a stunning number. And it may not be that far off. That may be the reality. Certainly knows a lot more about border protection than almost anybody. And so when you look at that, coupled with the fact that we have an administration that just seems utterly clueless and utterly unconcerned, utterly insensitive about what's going on on our border, that is a formula for disaster. And so no surprise, just a little bit ago Listen to good old Alejandro Mayorkas actually making this statement yet again.
0: Let me be clear. Our border is not open and will not be open after May 11th.
2: Our border is not open. All those images that you see of all those people running like it looks like the New York City Marathon running over the bridge in El Paso. Uh, you didn't see that. That's just a lie. Your, your eyes aren't, uh, aren't accurate. They're deceiving you. I mean, that is unbelievable. And border officials like Brandon Judd, who is with the National Border Patrol Council, he is basically saying it is going to be catastrophic. Normally, they have had 1,000 people basically a week coming in, a day coming in. Then just recently, since the Biden administration took over, they've had about 5,000 a week coming in. Now, let's add a little bit more. He's saying they expect, rather, I'm sorry, every day, 5,000. Now they believe it could be anywhere from ten to 12,000 a day. Think about that, ten to 12,000, one day coming into the United States. That is a stunning number. And here is Alejandra Mayorkas just a little bit ago Talking about the fact that this Title Forty Two, which is supposed to block a lot of them from coming into the US, well, now it's about to be lifted and we're gonna make it a lot easier for them to come in. Isn't that reassuring?
0: After May eleventh, our court compelled use of Title Forty Two will end and we will once again process all migrants under Title Eight of the United States Code. This is a long standing immigration enforcement authority that multiple administrations Republican, and Democratic alike, have used to process individuals. It carries stiff consequences for irregular migration, including at least a five-year ban on reentry and potential criminal prosecution for repeated attempts to cross unlawfully. The return to processing migrants under Title VIII authorities will be swift and immediate.
2: So is there anybody out there who actually thinks that Tony Blinken or Mayorkas, who you just heard there, really speak with any sort of conviction and make it sound like you're not going to come across the border. You're not going to traffic individuals. You're not going to do any of these things because it's just not a good thing to do. And the border isn't open. Does that really sound forceful to you? Because it sure as heck doesn't sound forceful to me. What are your thoughts, everybody? one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Meantime, Secretary of State Tony Blinken, who's dealing with his own issues, remember about that whole uh, intel letter, the 51 signatures, that it turns out, according to uh, what we had heard from Mike Murrell, the then CIA director, that basically Blinken was the guy shopping it around and saying, oh, it's Hunter Biden's laptop is Russian disinformation. We're going to talk about some of that in the next hour. But Tony Blinken, who is still our Secretary of State in the middle of all that, well, he actually said this a couple hours ago. This is amazing. He was basically talking about the reason that people come across the border into the United States. And, look, there's a lot of reasons why they come into, you know, into this country. It's a great country. It's one of the greatest in the entire world. Um, I don't blame people for coming but here is why he thinks maybe some of them are justified to come to the United States. And none of these are legally reasons why people should be able to enter this country. But Blinken thinks they are. Take a listen.
3: Globally, there are more than 100 million people uh, on the move today compelled to leave their homes in search of security and better lives. That is more people than at any time in recorded history and in our own hemisphere we are facing an unprecedented migration challenge. Long-term drivers like violence, corruption, lack of economic opportunity continue to push people from their homes. Problems that have been exacerbated by the pandemic, crises of governance, extreme weather events caused by the changing climate. 20 million people are displaced across this hemisphere.
2: So because of climate change, maybe that, you know, it's gotten a lot hotter in some place. That's the reason that they're crossing the border illegally, And that's the reason cartels are bringing drugs to America. Is that what you're trying to say, Tony Blinken? I mean, this is just the definition of insanity. And it shows how clueless this administration is. That its policies are all climate change, climate change, climate change. Don't worry about the fact that cartels and others are crossing our border at an unbelievable alarming rate. We were talking about how President Trump was on the show yesterday. You heard him. And President Trump, we played that interview, where... He said drugs are coming through this country 12 times the rate that they used to be when he was president. That's quite a big difference. That's an alarming rate. And yet they're not talking about that. They're not. They're talking about climate change. And so here is one of the other things that they did say. They said one of the goals that they'll also do is to try to basically tell people not to go through the cartels, that the cartels are not really their friends. Listen to this one.
3: We're also working to counter disinformation being spread by traffickers and other bad actors, including by expanding our paid and earned media outreach to high-out migration communities and migrant routes through channels potentially reaching upward of 85 million people, so that people who want to migrate have accurate information about how to do so legally and safely, and know the dangers of putting themselves in the hands of traffickers.
2: So let me get this straight. Mr. Trafficker and Cartel Leader, you've seen Taken, the movie Taken. Excuse me, could could you just hold on a second, sir? I'd like to talk with you. Uh, That's a little bit of, uh, could you put a different message on your social media platform as if that's the root cause? What about adding border agents? I mean, what is wrong with these people? Why are they not thinking about border agents? Border agents, now the number of agents is at a historic low. It's at a 15-year low at a time where we have had a historic high of people crossing. Does that make any sense to you, that they're spending money now today? They talked about sending money to these countries, the root countries, the root causes, going there, sending them more money, just like they sent money to Afghanistan. Hasn't that been great? It's basically been funding Taliban So you're going to send money to Venezuela or to Mexico and all these other places hoping that that money is somehow going to get to their efforts to stop people so it stays in their country and they don't come across the border, but you're not going to be able to monitor it and you're not increasing anybody at the border in terms of border agents, border security. How does that make any sense? And the other thing, too, right now at the border – There are a number of these cases. I talked about the El Paso Bridge with what looked like the New York City Marathon, all the runners running across into the United States, overrunning border agents at that bridge. That's what's happening. The cartel is like sending all these people in a certain direction, and then the cartel, you know, traffickers – are going with their drugs and whatever other illicit behavior, then they're bringing that somewhere else because the border agents are all consumed at that one place. So then they find a hole and that's where they sneak through. Well, here's what's going to happen, everybody says, when Title 42 is lifted, which is on May 11th, that basically – there's going to be so many of those places that border agents are going to be so overrun that they're going to miss even many more dangerous individuals. They're going to be so consumed at these points because there's going to be thousands of them coming at various points, not just one single point. There's a report tonight that more than forty to 50,000 of them are now waiting on the other side of the border to just cross as soon as this Title 42 is lifted. Because everyone's like, yeah, you know, it's pretty easy now, but... If you wait till Tidy 42 is lifted May 11th, well, then it's going to be really easy. You know, so why not just wait a little bit longer and then make it super duper easy and come on in? What a crazy situation. And when you think about border security and you think about the most important thing a president must do is to protect the homeland. How can this be? Here we are in 2023. And it seems like our president and his administration is selling us such a bunch of hogwash, and they don't want to admit that that border is just wide open. And it is probably the most dangerous, derelict thing I think they have done. What do you guys think? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll take your calls when we come back.
1: The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
4: He's your Numero Uno,
2: and things are sadly about to get even. Crazier on the border, if you can imagine. By the way, I just wrapped up a podcast a little bit ago uh, with Brandon Judd. He is president of the National Border Patrol Council. Um, You see him all the time, you know, on Fox News and elsewhere. He is always on the case. He has been a Border Patrol agent for decades. Also was on the northern border as well as the southern border. And he was just telling me some stunning numbers that the amount of people that are coming in is so voluminous. And they are coming in now, crossing from 160 different countries. And many of them are Chinese nationals. That's an interesting layer. Why are we seeing suddenly so many Chinese nationals coming through? Also, individuals from Pakistan, individuals from Iran, uh, individuals from Russia. Wow, this should raise a lot of concern To many of us, what are your thoughts about what could be one of the biggest crises in American security? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dom on line eight. Go ahead, Dom.
5: Rita, you never let me get my work done. Much as I want to not call, you come up with. This topic that's on top of people's minds. I don't know how you do that. <laughs>
2: well, you know what? I have that secret camera on you, and I'm like, okay, Dom is just about to work. I gotta have a good topic. That's what yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I
5: sent. I, I took this. I took a sweeper around my house, and where is she
2: hiding? <laughs> oh, you are, a sweetheart, Dom. Well, we love you, and I'm glad you appreciate the show. Yeah. It, it is scary, isn't it? It is really it is, frightening. It
5: is. You know, I just, I just wanted to kind of get to get, do a little comparison my my own quickly my own situation was my wife and I came here 1985 and it took us 10 years to go through the process we get in the citizenship because of that I have the flag flying in front of my house every day I look at it I'm like so proud of what happened I mean my reverence to the uh you know opportunity that I've been given in our lives to become a citizen and all the things, because I've tried, I have travel around different countries. I've been to Japan, I've been to, you know, I'm from India and I go there and I go to places in Asia. And all I, I can't help but compare the lifestyle that's given to us. I'm thinking, why can't someone, you know, give out the message, the politician or somebody that's a leader, except maybe Trump is doing that in a good way, that you can be lawful and compassionate at the same time? So, which means you take into account people that are already in this country, take care of them, and also take care of people in a compassionate way, in a lawful way. Why can't we spread that message? Why are people afraid of that? That's what I, can, I don't understand.
2: Yeah, and you know what? I agree, too, Dom. And, and Dom, um, by the way, I love India. I think it's such a beautiful—the people of India are such—now I know why I love you so much, Dom, because <laughs> they, the people are so such beautiful people from the people of India, just beautiful hearts and souls and wonderful and warm— and you know what? My family. I'm a first generation American, Dom. I mean, my father's yep. Polish, my oh, mother's Danish. Okay. Absolutely. My parents met in England, and they came over on the Queen Mary. My dad had a hundred bucks when he came to the United States. Um, yep. Could barely speak English. My mother helped him learn English, and um, and so they came over. And so, for to me, I'm a big believer in in the melting pot that is America. And I'm not someone who's anti immigration but just like you said it has to be done lawfully it has to be people vetted it has to be people checked and vetted so we know what's happening and and in my parents case um it took them 5 years for them to become citizens back then and when they they became they said it was the proudest day of their life you know to be able to to sit there and you know and and take the oath and say that they were now american citizens they were so proud of that And and that whole journey, like you said, there's something that makes you really appreciate this country and the values of this country, as opposed to people millions upon millions sneaking in. And also, you know, if they're doing it surreptitiously where they're sending in thousands over here and then drug traffickers on the other direction or human traffickers um, that are happening more and more sadly. Um, It's just it's a sad situation. Obviously, it's dangerous for America. It's dangerous for the migrants and and that's not what this country represents the country represents security but also going difficulty. vetting vetting you know exactly and we're yeah. not vetting we by saying it's a free for all just come on in uh you know criminals and 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 others that's not the way to do it don't you agree it yeah. sends a dangerous message
5: Ab- absolutely you know my wife uh, for the last 5 years she's been working for a nonprofit and she sees this situation every day because I mean, in the the state of Minnesota, we see people like that and there's a nonprofit is a compassionate person. She every time they have a board meeting, she says, you know what, we don't we don't have to, you know, uh, you know, forego our principles. We can tell we can tell them that it's this is how we who we are and be compassionate at the same time. She sees that now more than I do. And she, you know, she and I don't agree on a lot of things. She says, you know we got to help them, but at the same time, we got to lawful. She understands the situation much better than I am because she works with these people directly.
2: Right, and, so she understands. You know, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Dom, you brought up a great point, and it's beautiful to hear your journey, too, of coming here. Thank you so much for sharing that. And now I know uh, why I love you even more. I love the people of India. Thank you, Dom, very, very much. And everybody, when we come back, we are going to continue your calls. What are your thoughts about how dangerous and risky this is Dom and I are both big supporters and obviously understanding what America represents and why people want to come here. I never begrudge people. It is the great country. It's the country my father couldn't wait to come and become an American citizen. Dom just talked about his journey. Um, But yet, we have to vet people. You can't just say, come on in free for all. And we know that drugs and human smugglers are coming and it's going to get worse.
1: The Rita Cosby Show. Show presents Back the Blue.
2: And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which we love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, a powerful story coming from Kenosha, Wisconsin, where police officers saved the life of an eighty-four-year-old motorist. When his vehicle erupted into flames, officers spotted a minivan driving with a flat tire that was emitting sparks from the left side wheel well at the rear of the vehicle. Now, the officers immediately attempted to stop the vehicle, but the driver was apparently unaware of the issue and didn't stop. The sparks from the wheel ignited the gas tank and set fire to the minivan, which became totally engulfed in flames. The minivan eventually stopped and then burst into flames. Can you imagine this moment? Well, timing was everything. As fortunately for the driver, the Kenosha police officers were able to run toward the vehicle engulfed in flames. They pulled the 84-year-old driver out and saved his life. The police officers were able to get him, and no one actually was seriously injured. That's amazing. A video of the incident has now been posted. It was put on the police department website. It has since been viewed thousands upon thousands of times on Facebook and elsewhere with commentators saying, essentially, that the officers involved really exemplified heroism and courage in a very dire situation Wow, what an amazing situation. You never think about it. A flat tire, wheel well, then the car bursts into flames. And how fortunate for this driver that the officers were right there, ready to save his life. And it's a great example of how incredible our men and women in blue are every single day. And we're grateful for them here on the Rita Cosby Show. Well, we are talking, of course, about what is about to happen with Title 42, that is this immigration program that was in place, basically put there because it was a way for her to say, well, because of emergency measures, we can turn some people back for health reasons or other sort of emergency crises. And believe it or not, it's been in place all this time, even though the Biden administration hasn't really turned anybody back, as we know. But now Title 42 is officially accept, uh, going to expire, which is incredible, May 11th. And they are warning things are about to get really bad at the border. You know it's bad when the Biden administration says, get ready. And take a listen to just how different things were under President Trump versus this administration. This is basically President Trump. He did that great interview with us, and Cosby, the show I host, 5 p.m. with the great John Katzimatidis on WABC Radio every day at 5 o'clock. You can listen to it, of course, on WABC Radio and wabcradio.com. Well, Trump spoke with us yesterday. As you know, the interview made tons of headlines. And here is the former president talking about what he saw at the border and basically describing what's going on right now and how heartbreaking and how dangerous it is for our country. Take a listen. Here's President Trump.
6: It was all self-inflicted what they've done. We had the safest border that we've ever had very few people coming in by the way the drugs are now 12 times more than what was coming in three years ago think of it 12 times the drugs are pouring into our country poisoning our our population Uh, the people are coming in i think it's going to be 15 million people john and rita when when you look at the end of this year 15 million people and there's hundreds of thousands of people standing there right now waiting for a certain order to end that i you know put in And they're going to be flooding into our country, and they're going to come in by the hundreds of thousands in another week. It's crazy what's happening. And, you know, I don't know if you know, but the people, they're coming from prisons. They're coming from mental institutions and insane asylums. And these countries are all dumping them at our doorstep and saying, you take them. We don't want them. And the problem is our country isn't equipped for this. Think of it, prisoners and people from mental institutions It's like we're a dumping ground, and it's a disgrace. We had the strongest border we've ever had, and now we have, I think, the worst border in the history of the world. Even if it was a third world nation, they wouldn't allow this to happen, what's happening now. Millions and millions of people are just walking right into our country.
2: Isn't that amazing? A third world country, he believes, wouldn't even do what America is doing right now. And you know what? I agree with the former president, what he just said to us. I absolutely agree. What other country in the world would say, hey, come on in? You know, we're not going to vet you. We're not going to test you for any health issues, even. Uh, we're not going to screen you. Don't worry about it. We're going to give you a court date. The most we ever do if we find you is we'll give you a court date, and then 99% of you never show up, and we're never going to find you. So good luck. Just kind of disappear in our country, and don't worry if you have a criminal record. Welcome to America. Who would have ever thought that our country would basically act like that? And that is exactly what is happening at our border. And I find it so shameful that this administration won't even acknowledge it, that they basically just act like no big deal. And many people, by the way, in the mainstream media, you don't see it. I mean, you see some of the other media, the conservative media are highlighting it. They're showing the pictures. And there probably will be, hopefully, a lot of pictures if there is going to be this massive surge, as everybody's expecting soon then I think maybe even the mainstream other folks will find it hard to ignore, even these CNNs and the MSNBCs. But for now, they try to act like, oh, no big deal. Or they say that you're, you know, a terrible person if you're criticizing people for coming through. You are not a terrible person if you care about protecting our borders and you care about protecting the country. You just want people vetted. Is that too much to ask for? Well, listen to Tara Lee Rhoda. This woman is a whistleblower, and boy, was her testimony compelling. Yesterday, she spoke on Capitol Hill, and she worked in the Homeland Security Department, and she described what she saw firsthand. Take a listen to
7: this. I thought I was going to help place children in loving homes. Instead... I discovered that children are being trafficked through a sophisticated network that begins with recruiting in home country, smuggling to the U.S. border, and ends when ORR delivers a child to a sponsor. Some sponsors are criminals and traffickers and members of transnational criminal organizations. Some sponsors view children as commodities and assets to be used for earning income. This is why we are witnessing an explosion of labor trafficking. And then
2: here's a little more of what she saw firsthand.
7: I saw apartment buildings where 20, 30 and 40 unaccompanied minors have been released. I saw sponsors trying to simultaneously sponsor children from multiple ORR sites at one time. I saw sponsors using multiple addresses to obtain sponsorships of children. And I saw numerous cases of children in debt bondage, and the child knew they had to stay with the sponsor until the debt was paid. Realizing that we were not offering the children the American dream, but instead putting them in modern-day slavery with wicked overlords, was a terrible revelation. Wow. That is
2: heartbreaking to hear. Putting these young kids in what she calls debt bondage, either they are working off the debt by working on a field, uh doing whatever they're doing, some of it sexual trafficking. I mean, this is just it is so unimaginable and so heartbreaking. And again, they testified just recently that they have basically lost track of. This is the U.S. government, 85,000 unaccompanied children. Think about that and just the horrible conditions that they may be living in right now. Here is Tara Lee Rodas. This is, again, the whistleblower who used to work at the Homeland Security Department. And this is what she basically proclaimed of the role that the Biden administration is playing now. This is unbelievable.
7: It could be argued that the United States government has become the middleman in a large-scale, multi-billion-dollar child trafficking operation that is run by bad actors seeking to profit off of the lives of children.
2: Wow, that they are basically the middleman in a criminal scheme because they're turning a blind eye to all of this. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Two two, um, let's go to Helen, line six in Long Island. Go ahead, Helen. Your thoughts?
8: Hi, Rita. I'm a first time caller. Uh, I'd like you to know what my husband and I had to go through in order to adopt our son, who was born in Guadalajara, Mexico. We had to supply three years of tax returns to prove that we could support him. We had to be medically cleared. We had to get references from our church. Friends, our employer. We had to supply birth certificate and marriage certificate. All of these documents had to be translated at the Mexican consulate here in New York. We had to get a visa due to the lengthy stay. We had to stay for one month in a hotel on our dime, not Mexico's dime, on our dime. Mexico did not feed us. We had to pay for all of our food Our son had to be medically cleared in Ciudad Juarez before entering into the United States. He needed to be vaccinated prior to entering, and we had to pay for his passport and visa. Why these people are being let in with no identification, not having to show that there's someone here who will support them until they get a job and get on their feet, is unbelievable
2: that is unbe you know this it's a, a, a hello wow what a contrast like you just said i mean look at and it's it's going the other way and here you are with obviously a beautiful intention to go adopt um your son i mean what a beautiful thing that you're doing and you have done obviously um and how old is your son now by the way how old is he he's 26 oh how what and what how old was he when you got him 12 days old. Oh, how beautiful. By the way, Helen, what a special soul you are to, first of all, adopt somebody from there um, and also to go through all of that rigmarole, like you just said. Mm -hmm. Look at think, And and that's going into Mexico. And yet the other way around, we're not doing anything. I mean, I mean, I mean, that is amazing. Here you are with with obviously the best of intentions going to Mexico, doing this incredibly beautiful gesture um and obviously bringing your son into an incredibly loving home which is so uh, just amazing i have friends who have adopted children and i think it's one of the most beautiful amazing things somebody can do and and to to bring him into such a loving community and household is it's extraordinary but and then the other way around it's like just come on in i mm-hmm. i mean i mean it, it it is it is stunning that we are You know, going through leaps and hoops and everything, which, by the way, it's good because guess what? They were they were checking to make sure that you were reputable. And how ironic is it that on the other way, coming from Mexico and all these other countries, that we don't seem to care if they're reputable or not, that we don't seem to care if they I mean, it, it is it is that is a great, powerful, stunning analogy. And it it is it is. I don't think it's anything wrong with Mexico doing it. What is so wrong is that we're not doing even one-tenth of that on our Absolutely. end, and that is sad, Helen. Wow, wow, wow. And by the way, what a beautiful thing, and I'm so glad um, your son finally got here successfully and obviously has had a great life with you and your family. So bravo, bravo, bravo. Helen, thank you for calling. What a beautiful Beautiful call, and you got to call again soon. That was really wonderful to hear. Thanks so Thanks. much. Thank you. Let's go to Mike in South Carolina. Mike, I, I mean, that's amazing what Helen just said of what she had to do to adopt her son from Mexico, <laughs> all the screens that Mexico had in place, and yet we do zero right now on the other end.
9: Exactly right. And, uh, you know, a shout-out to the caller before, previous, adopting a beautiful thing, I'm proud to have a son and daughter, to are doing well, and anyone who adopts. Anyone I've said, you know, for years, you volunteer, I volunteered, then, you know, you're willing to give. And a round of applause for people like that. And everything, um, you know, i got to give a shout-out, uh, Rita. You know, Joe uh, calls the end of the show, and great, you know, veteran. Rita, my love. Joe, Rita, my hey, – you know what? All the good callers. Well, I, I still can't, you know, wrap my mind around this latest development about kids trafficking. And and other things that are happening, and look at even now Title Forty Two. How dare they? That's my birthday, May Eleventh. You're going to use my birthday as as a pivot point with with, with your with with your uh, nonsense. Oh, by the way,
2: I am so sad, Mike, that we're celebrating your birthday as the lifting of Title (laughs) Forty (laughs) Two. That's OK. I, by the way, I'm uh, glad you know, I'm glad there's something happy on that day because there won't be a lot of happiness at the southern border. <laughs> so I'm glad there's something to celebrate. And it's your birthday. At least that brings some joy to the day.
9: Yes. How dare they? man? You know what, Rita? The se- security, a lack thereof, south of the border, you know, everything. And it, isn't it wild? You know, again, I listened to the interview, of Donald Trump, 12 times, you know, more. The drug uh, uh, craziness coming into our country, 12 times more than what it was when he was a president. Isn't that amazing? uh, Isn't
2: that amazing? 12 times more. And he believed, by the way, the other number, too, is what he said, is he believes at the end of this year, he believes under Biden in the short two years, including what we know of and the ones that have gotten away, he believes the numbers will be about 15 million. I mean, that isn't, think about a 15 million into a country. I mean, what yes. country, as big as we are and as, as you know, as vast as we are, what country could handle suddenly 15 million people, most of them illegal or unvetted, un- yep. I would say 99, 95% of them. I mean, that that is stunning that we don't have track of, Mike. I mean, how can you run a country like that?
9: That's exactly right. It's, you know... I've said it. Uh, truth is stranger than fiction. You can't make this stuff up. And I, I, uh, I was telling friends too today. You know, I said, you know what? Why doesn't Camilla, the vice president, you know, why? Why don't you group with Joe Biden? You know, his response is non-response. And oh, it's not to worry about. You know, even the borders. hey, Camilla, why? Why don't you hand out cookies to, to the <laughs> recent, uh, you know, visitors to our good country, the illegals? Why don't you have those? Show those pearly whites. Yeah, you know what she—you know laugh. what she
2: had? They weren't cookies; they were popovers. I think wasn't it like popovers <laughs> or something? By the way, by the way, that would be appropriate because they're just popping over the border. So that would be appropriate. They're just popping over the border. They are. Hey, and Mike! About- thank Mike. Have a great Title Forty Two birthday, okay? I want to get—I want you to—I want to I wanna give you a happy early lifting of Title Forty Two birthday, okay? Thanks, Rita. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. You too, my friend. You too. Great to talk to you. We'll continue your calls, everybody, after the break. Absolutely stunning. They are popping over the border at a record pace. And again, President Trump believes 15 million by the end of this year. And today they came out saying, guess what? The border isn't open. I don't know what you're talking about. And when we come back, Corinne Jean-Pierre at the White House actually blamed the border On the Republicans. She blamed fentanyl and the border on the Republicans. Whatever she's drinking, I want some of that. It's good stuff.
1: This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
7: So
2: in the middle of all this, we know Trump said, build the wall. He started building the wall. The middle that Biden came in, it was like, forget the wall. Anything that's tied to Trump. Biden barely even mentions fentanyl, which is taking about 100,000 American lives a year, crossing through our very open southern border. And I couldn't believe this. This is Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, who yesterday during the briefing... Uh, tried to basically pin drugs coming through the border on the GOP, on the Republicans. Listen to this. This is like Baghdad Bob. Take a listen. It's clear that the Speaker's bill
7: breaks House Republicans' commitment to America. In the run-up to the 2022 election, House Republicans promised to put cops on the beat. Instead, they're fighting
2: to put fentanyl on the street by defend- defunding funding. Border Patrol. So the GOP is trying to basically put fentanyl on the street because they're not giving enough money to Border Patrol. Meantime, it is the Biden White House that hasn't been increasing border agents. And in fact, in their new policy, they're putting tens of thousands of IRS agents and they're only adding about 200 border agents. And meantime, we're expecting Two to three times the amount of people crossing the border every single day? Does that make any sense? And yet it's the GOP's fault. What a bunch of crazy malarkey. one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Let's go to Teddy. Teddy line three, your thoughts about it.
10: Really, it's uh it's a predicament that I don't know what ultimately the solution is. In treating people with 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 uh, the humanity that we're known for and at the same time bringing people in that could be and probably some are criminals, okay? But I'm thinking of the children and the women and the separation of families because that's what went on dealing with Hitler and um, the Polish ghetto. The the remember- the Warsaw Ghetto the remembrance they had because I had people in my family that were killed and murdered.
2: Well, and and by the way, Teddy, and and I'm not sort of sure where you're going with all of the other stuff. Um, but but and and by obviously, by the way, um, that period was horrible. I think you know, my father grew up right outside the Warsaw Ghetto, so to me, it is like such a horrifying chapter of history that never should happen again. And I'm so sorry to hear about your family, too, and the history. And it's just heartbreaking to hear that, too, Ted, um, and such respect for your family for for what they went through, sadly. Um, but, you know, when, when I hear about the border, I feel like you're right. We want to obviously be a country that is um, the melting pot and brings people in and doesn't exclude people. On the other hand, we also have to protect our borders, and we're not doing any vetting. I mean, even the people that get stopped, those ones who are get they just get processed and say hey come back in a couple of years and most of them never come back. I mean the return rate they think is like five ten percent that actually returns because they know they're not going to get checked up on they know they're going to get followed on. No country in the world does that so we have to we have to be considerate but we got to check them don't you think Ted? At least check them just to make sure ne'er do wells are not coming into the country real quick Ted.
0: Yes. I think
2: so. Yeah, I thought so, too. Ted, thank you very much for the call, everybody. We're going to continue your calls after the break. By the way, some new news. Hunter Biden could be facing an indictment. And also Joe Biden still trying to figure out where the White House is.
1: This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I know
2: your name is Rita. I'm
7: sure you smelling sweet. Since when I saw you down on people.
2: So, what is up with our president, President Biden? We're going to take your calls later on in this hour about this, because this is really unbelievable. The latest example, he was meeting with a bunch of kids today, and basically the kids were like, hey, where was the last place that you visited, the last country that you visited? And he was like, uh, 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 and then finally got to it, and basically the kid had to remind him Ireland. And now Ireland is basically like where his family's from. And that was only a few days ago when he was there for quite a number of days. Oh, that's right. I was there. I was in Ireland. Thank you. I mean, it just it is the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. We're going to play that later on in the show uh, because, boy, is that just one of those one for the ages. And I think it's no surprise that even if you look at the polls of late, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is actually surging a bit in the polls compared to Biden. Um, At one point, he was like 13, 14 percent. Then he's 19 percent. And another poll He's 21 percent. He just announced recently. But it just shows that on the Democratic side, they are looking for alternatives to Joe Biden. Of course, Joe Biden and the folks at the White House don't want to give them any alternatives. But if you look at even some of the latest polls, 70 percent of Americans are basically saying they want somebody else other than Joe Biden. And many of them are Democrats. And because they're looking at what we're all seeing. They are seeing a guy who is basically having a lot of recollection issues. He's trying to figure out which side of the stage to get off of. The other day, he does the White House briefing and he's standing next to the leader of South Korea. And it turns out he's got a cheat sheet. And in the cheat sheet, first off, it says, uh, this is your secretary of state. Here's a picture of him, Tony Blinken, who you've known, what, 10, 20 years. Uh, here is your vice president, basically. Here's this. Like, every single thing. I'm surprised they don't say, hey, by the way, your name is Joe Biden. You know? I mean, I'm waiting for that to be on the cheat sheet. But then there's also... The question, and it says, OK, here are the two reporters you're going to call on. Here's the first one. Here's a picture of her. And here's basically the question she's going to ask you. I mean, this to me just shows someone who is in such rapid decline, somebody who clearly needs unbelievable handholding by his staff. And the fact that he announced his presidency in a video, a three minute video Uh, It just shows that I think the next year and a half, they are going to try to micromanage him like nobody's business. We thought it was bad during 2020 when he did the basement strategy. Remember the COVID basement strategy and he announced it from the basement. He's going to try to do the same version of it now for the 2024 race because they are so scared to death of what he's going to say that he's going to mess up on the person. He's going to maybe call Kamala Harris president again, or he's not going to remember the country he was just in or or anything else. It is really downright frightening. And to me, this is not a Republican or Democrat or independent issue. This is an American issue. It is tough to be the president of the United States, but you got to be on your game. You got to be like 24 seven. You got to be sharp as a tack. There are so many bad actors out there. And if you can't, even handle a question from a very easy press corps. Boy, are they a lot easier on Biden than they were on Trump. My goodness, you can't handle that. How are you going to handle sitting across from President Xi or even speaking to him on the phone if you ever pick up the phone? Or how are you going to handle dealing with Putin? How are you going to handle dealing with any of these bad actors around the world? If you think that dealing questions from the press corps is tough, Boy, is the American public in big time trouble if he can't handle even a basic question from the press. And if he can't handle even basic issues, we are really in a disarray. And we're going to talk about that later on in the hour because, boy, is that a big, big concern. And here, first off, remember yesterday we did our big interview with President Trump, our big exclusive, which we played here on the show. Uh, we aired it first. We did it on Cats and Cosby. That's when we talked to the president, myself, and great John Katz and on WABC Radio, Cats and Cosby, five o'clock. And here is President Trump and what he had to say about President Biden.
6: We have somebody that's grossly incompetent. And he doesn't know what he's saying. And he doesn't know what he's doing. And he's dealing with people like President Xi and others
2: that are extremely. He he has no clue. He has no clue. He has no clue, as John Katsimatidis was saying. And here's a little bit more. And President Trump said, listen, it's not the age. It is the just utter incoherence.
6: (laughs) It's not age because I know people in there late 80s and 90s that are 100%. It's not age, it's not an age thing. It's uh, there's something cuckoo, there's something wrong and we just can't afford to do this, you know. Uh w- we could end up in World War 3 because of this man. He has no concept of what's going on. He has no concept of what he's what he's doing.
2: Yeah, he has no clue and it's really scary. And it is scary when you think about the serious issues that are dealing with our country. I talked about all the stuff happening on a foreign scope, but also our southern border. As we mentioned, Title 42 is about to be lifted May 11th, and the floodgates are about to open. And those who have spent a lot of time on the border understand how tough and how complex it is at the border. And right now, they are undermanned, and they're about to get outrun. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222 two 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 uh let's go to jacqueline line six jacqueline your thoughts
4: hi rita um i have two comments actually regarding the trafficking of the minors over the border um the clip of the woman that you played testifying i have no issue with her except for when she said that the u.s government is to blame it isn't the u.s government that's to blame it's joe blow who's the illegitimate president That is the bozo, the buffoon, occupying the Oval Office. And I really get perturbed when people say we, the people of the U.S., are making all of this possible. It's not we. Let's use the correct pronouns. It's he, him, and they, the entire Joe Blow administration. Second point I wanted to make with regard to the minors. The the bozo doesn't even recognize his own innocent illegitimate granddaughter that his dirtbag, crackhead, criminal, sperm donor son created. Who could expect Joe Blow to care one iota about these innocent minors being trafficked over the border?
2: You know, it's interesting. um, You talk about, um, well, first off, I'll first I'll get to your your point about uh, President Biden, because you're right. It isn't The U.S. government that really wants all these people across the border, it is the Biden administration. It's Joe Biden. It's clearly Mayorkas and Blinken and all these people who are turning a blind eye. So you're correct. Absolutely. You know, you bring up the other thing about uh, the daughter. Um, There's going to be a hearing next week. And this is really interesting, this granddaughter case of Joe Biden's, because here he has a bring your kids to work day. And everybody says, how many kids do you have? Well, I have six grandkids. Uh, right, I think it's six or four. I have to look it up. But whatever it is, he, he undercounts by one specifically uh, on the granddaughter. And doesn't mention it's an illegitimate one. There was a DNA test and it did confirm. So that's the reason why we can say it is a daughter. It is a Hunter's you know, a daughter. And yet the irony of it all, Jacqueline, and, and, and we're definitely going to talk more about this later on in the show. I'm glad you brought this up because it is stunning. This whole issue tied to the daughter is also going to really unravel for Hunter because he doesn't want to pay her in the middle of all these investigations that are taking place where all this money is coming into Hunter Biden. And now James Comer is claiming that it looks like it's like 12 family members were getting tons of money, millions upon millions. I mean, they believe at least 30 million plus dollars was coming in. Good um point, through, right and and but the point is Jacqueline, too, the point is what's so interesting about it is it was coming in, and he's claiming he has no money to pay for his illegitimate daughter, and that's why the woman who's suing him is demanding in a judge's rule that he's going to have to appear in court next Monday, and she's claiming. That the Hunter Biden laptop is real. We may finally find out of the authenticity from Hunter himself. We know from the FBI and others, according to reports, that it is real. They basically have said so. But Hunter Biden may be forced to acknowledge it's real if it's under oath. And she's trying to claim that the stuff on the Hunter Biden laptop shows that all this money was coming in. So how could he claim that he doesn't even have money to pay for the child support? It's actually brilliant of the, um, you know, of the woman. And it's and what a what a huckster he is if he can't even he can somehow get in tens of millions of dollars. And he can pay off everybody and their brother, but he can't pay off an illegitimate daughter that he doesn't want to pay a dime, for he's broke, according to the illegitimate daughter. So where did the money go, Jacqueline? What are your thoughts? Well,
4: I left out, you reminded me, I left out another adjective, deadbeat dad. And also, uh, I want to also point out that there is another group of individuals, not the U.S. government, not we, the people of the United States, But those like Itchy and also Scratchy who are Joe Blow supporters, they are just as much to blame for what is happening to those minors that are coming across the border. And thank you to BJ for those
2: monikers. (laughs) BJ always has some good ones, and Debbie Dad is correct, it looks like. By the way, um, six grandkids. He was asked today, Biden, how many grandkids? I thought it was six. I just wanted to make sure it is. He said he has six. But as we know, Jacqueline... He has seven. What a surprise. Jacqueline, thank you very, very much. Let's go to Norm, line seven. Norm, your thoughts.
11: My thoughts are I absolutely cannot top my friend Jacqueline. Yeah, she um, was
2: good. She was on fire tonight. She was good tonight, huh? She always yeah, is. I, yeah,
11: I I, I I, can't. Um, my thoughts are, um, my meager thoughts compared to Jacqueline, um, my meager thoughts are basically that uh, we have a lack of, of leadership in this country. Um, I, What I always get back to is that, uh, all these countries, the bulk of the, these people are coming from places like Venezuela, Latin America. Yes, they are coming from China, but that, that that's not the bulk of the people. The people I see on Flatbush Avenue are coming from Venezuela and Nicaragua and Guatemala and all those countries. Now, they have governments, those, those countries. And why isn't our president... Um, taking a pretty hard line with these countries why is any he and they're wealthy countries these are not these are not the, the they have they have a wealthy class of people there and they have wealthy governments
2: well why, but a why? couple reasons norman you know it two reasons first off they're getting tons of money from us so why do they need to raise their own money when they can get u.s money from the biden administration i'm not saying it's right. fair but but and then the other issue is He's doing nothing to de-incentivize or monitor. I mean, they the solution today when they came out, Norm, Blinken, and Mayorkas was, we're going to send more money to countries like Venezuela and these other countries because it's their poverty that's causing it. So if we send them more money, what that is, and listen, I'm all for helping people, but that is not a quick fix when you have a dire crisis. That's like your house is burning and you're like, In five years, we're going to buy some extra water hoses. You know what? It's like, uh, wait, wait, wait. Over here, the flames are shooting up. But no, no, no. We're going to send money for water hoses, and they're going to be shipped in in a couple weeks. I mean, does that make any sense to anybody? That's exactly what they're doing at our border. And it just shows that they have no serious intent. Because if they really did, um, first, they would lock the border down. They would hire more border agents. They would do the vetting. They would do... All of these things, and then yet, then maybe help other countries or do all these things that are long-term projects that clearly have zero chance of anything happening. Real quick, I want to go to Anastasia real quick. Anastasia, super quick, honey. Go ahead, super. Go, go ahead.
10: Thank you for taking my call.
4: I want to mention something that I heard on the radio tonight regarding a minor that was denied and he's living in the street. This is terrible. Something definitely has to be done at the border and soon, because all these children that are coming in without an escort, what's happening to these kids? Where are they going? It's human trafficking. Forget it. Something definitely has to be done at the border.
2: One thousand percent. That's why it is so scary and so downright dangerous. And my heart breaks for these kids. Anastasia, that's a great point, because how, you know, they're coming here. It's not their fault. Uh, Their parents are shipping them here, probably, obviously, with the best of intents to give them a better life, better opportunity. And think about the hell that many of them have been cast on in our country. I mean, it is just it is heartbreaking and we need to do better on so many levels. When we come back, everybody, we're going to talk more about, uh, as Jacqueline so appropriately calls it, a deadbeat hunter and new word. Also, that Hunter Biden may be facing an indictment any minute. We'll be right back.
1: The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Breaking news.
2: And tonight, there are reports that an indictment could be coming soon against Hunter Biden. That, of course, is the president's son. And no clear sign as to when that could be, but there are reports that it could be fast approaching. This comes on the heels of Hunter Biden's attorneys meeting with DOJ officials. We know that they met. Yesterday, and we're discussing a whole bunch of different issues related to his case. There is a U.S. attorney, of course, in Delaware that has been looking into tax issues, also gun issues. And, of course, this comes on the heels of James Comer, who is with the House Oversight Committee, who has been looking into all the big money deals tied to Hunter Biden James Comer just a little bit ago saying that he has up to 12 family members from the Biden family that he says he has proof received money from foreign sales through shell companies. What is that all about? Why are there shell companies? And also that there is evidence of potential witness intimidation tied to the Biden family investigation. He also says that he will have a big report coming out next week. This also comes where a Hunter Biden whistleblower, this is that IRS whistleblower, he said he has evidence that basically Hunter Biden has been getting favorable treatment by this Justice Department. No surprise there, but it's a senior official, a senior supervisor who is a whistleblower. Well, apparently he is getting all the protections of a whistleblower. He has now been connected with Congress and will soon be providing testimony. So lots of different things coming in this case. And again, word that a potential indictment against Hunter Biden could be coming soon. Unclear. If it could just be something tied to taxes, if it's something tied to gun charges, also a plea deal may also be in the works, too. There could be conversations uh, leading to that. And we will, of course, keep you posted on all fronts. What are your thoughts about where all of these investigations are headed? And do you think that Hunter Biden, who Joe Biden has said is the smartest guy that he knows, uh, could end up? Being the bane of the Biden family. What are your thoughts about all this, guys? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. This comes, by the way, as Joe Biden today had a take your kid to work day at the White House. And somehow Hunter didn't make it to the White House for the take your kid to work day. This is really interesting. I want to play. This is cut number 17. This is what everybody is talking about. President Biden was asked by a bunch of kids, hey, where was the last place that you visited? And he couldn't remember. He couldn't. I mean, how scary. He just came back from Ireland. It's the country of his family. And he was like, Ugh, take a listen.
12: The last country I've traveled, I'm thinking once with the last one I was in. I, I've, I've been to... Eighty-nine. Met with eighty-nine heads of state so far. So uh, I'm trying to think. What was the last? Where was the last place I was? It's hard to keep track. Um, I was. I, I mean, yeah, you're right. Ireland. <laughs> that's where it was.
2: Uh Ireland. Uh oh yeah, that's right, kid. Thank you for telling me. I thank you for a five-year-old kid reminding me of where I was. Uh, The country of my family, one of the most important visits, and he went there with Hunter. So why wasn't Hunter around at the White House? He seems to be hanging out at the White House a lot. And in fact, there are reports that he's actually hiding out at the White House so he can't get subpoenaed. Wow, the plot thickens. So where do you think things are going to end up with Hunter? And do you think things are headed to a dangerous place for the Biden family? Plus... We will talk about the cheat sheet. Everybody's talking about this. President Biden gets a cheat sheet with a looks like scripted question from the press.
1: This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes.
2: And in tonight's support, our hero segment, a beautiful story coming from South Bend, Indiana, where 88 years old Henry Smith is being honored. He served in the Army for six years, and he was sent over to fight in Vietnam. On Wednesday, community members honored him with the Hero Award for his service to our country. The group surprised him at his home in South Bend. And the Mission Barbecue restaurant there said lunch was on them for him and his family. How beautiful. Tom Sweeney, who was the medical director of a hospice center there, said it's all about giving back to those who served our nation. Sweeney and others there held a pinning ceremony to honor Smith, as well as members of the American Legion Post riders who presented Smith with flags. Now, Sweeney, again, head of the hospice center, said, quote, it's a way of just recognizing someone's meaningful and impactful contribution. Lots of times people in hospice are forgotten. They're old, and we're just showing them that these exceptional people did so much for our country, and we want to celebrate them and our nation. Bravo to him and everybody. It's called the Caring Cove Hospice Center There in South Bend, Indiana, we love you. We appreciate you and how beautiful to honor this great veteran for his service. And, of course, to everybody who served in Vietnam, we love you and we respect you and welcome home. Thank you so much for your incredible service to our country. Well, we have been talking about President Biden Uh, This as word that an indictment may be nearing on Hunter Biden, but there's a number of reports out there that maybe an indictment may be closing in. We know that Hunter Biden's attorneys recently met with DOJ officials. Are they trying to hammer out a deal or is there potential charges coming This, as a whistleblower, is saying that the DOJ is downplaying the investigation. Obviously, I think any of us could have figured that out because the U.S. attorney there in Delaware has been looking at this for five long years. Can you imagine if the last name was Trump? It would have been like, electric chair, forget this, solitary confinement. Whatever it is, we'll throw them in. Don't worry about it. We'll figure out the charge later. The Alvin Bragg school of uh, lawyering. But anyway, so... In this particular case now Biden still continues to say he doesn't know anything about the business deals he knows nothing. Well, he seems to know nothing about anything because even today this clip with this young kid who comes over and basically says hey what was the last country you visited? It was take your kid back to work day and again Hunter was nowhere to be found and he was like uh uh uh, uh and the kid said Ireland. Oh yeah 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 that's Ireland. So things are getting really kind of Murky with the vice president, uh, the president and the vice president, Kamala Harris. God help us. (laughs) They're on the ticket again. But Dr. Siegel on Fox News basically said this is a huge issue. And the reason is everyone's talking about the new press conference that happened just yesterday. We saw President Biden standing there, and right next to him was the leader of South Korea. And we saw what we have seen now a couple times with president biden the cheat sheet he has a cheat sheet a photographer got this picture and it's like first you see this list of cabinet officials that he's known for like some of the people he's known for decades and it's like here's a picture and here's who they are tony blinken is this kamala harris is your vice president i mean it's really scary here's where the bathroom is you live at the white house your name is joe biden I mean, it's, it's like frightening. And then there was another sheet that basically showed they were going to take two questions. They are so micromanaging this guy and so controlling him and sheltering him. So nobody really gets access to him. And now you know why. So they basically just give him access to do it, two questions. And one of them was a totally staged question, it looks like, from a reporter. Basically, the whole thing is written out there. The L.A. Times says they didn't provide the question, but it's almost verbatim on the sheet. So they at least knew that they were basically going to ask that question. And it says, here's the reporter. Here's a picture of the reporter. Here's basically the question almost verbatim. And sure enough, that's who he calls number one. What a surprise. One out of two. Whoopee. Sounds like a big press conference. Uh, So everyone is saying, what the heck is going on with this president? He just announced that he is running again for a second term. He's already the oldest president. So you've got the oldest president running again, who clearly is in cognitive decline. And now within days, he is caught with a cheat sheet. That looks so bad. It just looks like he cannot even handle a basic function. And that is troubling for the country. Here is Dr. Mark Siegel talking a little bit about what he sees.
13: I've spoken to Clinton and his doctors. These were people that didn't need huge cheat sheets. And I I already questioned that. So I want to say right off the bat that it's not a function of age. You already said it. What do I look for? I look for the ability for thinking, for clear thinking, for what we call... Uh, executive function. Can you do complex decisions? Can you think outside the box? Hmm. Can you be flexible if something comes in? There's a threat coming from another country. You're just hearing about it for the first time. Do you need a cheat sheet? We need cognitive testing here. And the president's doctor, Kevin O'Connor, has really been dancing around that. From physical after physical, he says everyone says he's fine, but, Harris, we're not seeing the cognitive testing. We're not seeing the MRI. We hear he has a stiff-legged gait, which can be a sign of some neurological issues. I want more information. The American public has a right to know. They say he's too old to run. I wonder if, if it isn't age, but what status his, his cognition is.
2: Yeah, that is a big issue, and that is from Dr. Mark Siegel. Now, President Trump kind of puts it a, a little more direct way.
6: We have somebody that's grossly incompetent and he doesn't know what he's saying and he doesn't know what he's doing and he's dealing with people like
2: President Xi and others that are extremely game. He has no clue. At- and that is from our interview yesterday on Katz and Cosby. That's the great John Katz and Matitis there, uh, when we were talking with him yesterday, the president. So now here is this. Listen to this. This is again the question that was basically scripted out on the card. And Joe Biden answering this question even kind of fumbled a little bit through it. But this was the first prescripted question that's basically on the cheat sheet. Listen to this. Everybody's talking about this today.
12: Now we're going to take some questions. First question from Courtney of Los Angeles Times.
4: Thank you, Mr. President. Your top economic priority has been to build up U.S. domestic manufacturing in competition with China. But your rules against expanding chip manufacturing in China is hurting South Korean companies that rely heavily on Beijing. Are you damaging a key ally in the competition with China to help your domestic politics ahead of the election?
12: Let me respond to your question first. Uh, My desire to increase US manufacturing and jobs in America is not about China. I'm not concerned about China. Remember, America invented semiconductor we invented we used to have 40 percent of the market and we decided that what we're going to do over the past i don't know how many decades we decided that it's going to be cheaper to export jobs and import product and long came the pandemic and the pandemic taught us that we used to have as i said 40 percent of the market just some years ago now it's down to 10 percent and again we invented the superhero. We got, so I decided to go out and see what we could do to increase our hold on the market once again. And so what I did was I went around the country as well as an additional passing the Chips and Science Act. I, in fact, uh, visited visitor countries around the world. And uh, two significant South Korean companies decided they were going to invest billions of dollars in chip manufacturing in the United States. It wasn't designed to hurt China. It was designed so we didn't have to worry about whether or not we had access to semiconductors.
2: And now here is Kaylee McEnany. She was former White House press secretary. Remember, she was there under President Trump. And she said she has never seen anything like it, where basically the question is what he was asked. And he took one of two questions. The other one, remember, he was like all over the place about his age. It was fumbly bumbly. So... We're not even sure if that one was on the cue card, but this one sure was. And this is what Kayleigh McInerney has to say about it.
8: I did have a wire service reporter who would come to me in the mornings and say, this is what I'm interested in. That's helpful. That's fair game. If that's what happened here, totally fair. But the idea that you'd have a specific question to a president who doesn't do regular press conferences, one of two questions he's fielding in a month um, in that format, that is where it becomes problematic
2: yeah that is sure where it becomes problematic and i want to play this is one of the uh this is uh number seven this was biden yesterday um this is where he was asked during the press conference about his age um this is basically this is one of our repolls number seven where he was asked about his age and listen to this he was like uh i can't even remember my age or figure it out
12: but there's more to do and uh with regard to age uh I can't even say I guess how old I am. I can't even say the number. It doesn't it doesn't register with me. And uh, but the only thing I can say is that um, one of the things that people are going to find out is going to see a race and they're going to judge whether or not I have it or don't have it. I respect them taking a hard look at it. I take a hard look at it as well. I took a hard look at it before I decided to run. And, uh, and I feel good. I feel excited about the prospects. And I think we're on the verge of really turning the corner in a way we have not in a long time. So
2: does he have it or does he not have it? I mean, what a, it just sounds so tired, so lethargic, and so disconnected. And is he capable if he needs a cheat sheet on a basic thing days after he has announced he's running for president again? This is supposed to be your high time. This is supposed to be when you come out of the gate strong. If this is strong... Boy, pray for America. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Stan, line eight. Stan, your thoughts about this?
14: Rita, uh, at the moment, I couldn't care less about President Biden or President Trump. I'm asking for a minute and a half from you of personal to go off topic for a minute. Please.
2: Absolutely. Yes, absolutely.
14: Uh, Rita, <laughs> I uh, discovered about a week and a half ago that I had colon cancer. And uh, I went to the hospital, and uh, I was operated on. And I had a good doctor named Joel Baum here in Forest Hills. And a surgeon named Christopher Foglia, tremendous, runs New York Presbyterian Colorectal Center. And I've been in the hospital for about four days. And and apparently it is extremely early stage cancer. And uh, that's positive, good news. I'm going to hear some more information on Monday. But my message is not about Joseph Biden. It ain't about Donald Trump. It ain't about Jackie or Norm. It's about saving life. It's about each one of us. Please go for colonoscopies. Please go to save your life. Have yourself a colonoscopy. Get yourself checked for possible colon cancer. Uh Rita, please oh, go it for yourself and, and go have it.
2: Can I say one thing, Stan? First of all, we love you and we appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Um and exactly. I, I'm I'm choked up to hear your message. And I'm, I'm I couldn't care
14: less about politics, Rita. Tonight. Yeah. It ain't about the president, it ain't about nothing the border. It's about life. Like Absolutely. Life. Absolutely. And so I want you please to get a colonoscopy. I had a great doctor named Joel Baum, another surgeon named Christopher Foglia at New York Presbyterian in Queens. Great surgeon, great cutter. And I'm alive today because I went and got the test and so forth.
8: Thank goodness. Uh, They're
14: they're telling me that it's okay. And uh, hopefully I just got to follow up and so forth. But please go to have yourself checked whether you're a conservative, liberal, Republican, Democrat, man, woman, whatever you are, Please go and have a colonoscopy to preserve your life. Life is everything. Without it, you're nothing. And so forget, politics mean nothing to me right now. This is important. So I just wanted to let the listeners know, go for a check
2: Absolutely. And Stan, we always love all of us hearing from you. I love your calls. Um, And you know I have always appreciated... Um, It calls from everybody. And to hear this from you, Stan, um, our thoughts and prayers are with you. First of all, I'm I'm so glad to hear that you got it in time, too, Stan. That's it. It's about everybody.
14: Early detection. Early detection. Early detection. Please go, Rita, for yourself, not just for, for every woman that needs to be checked. It's important to be checked.
8: Oh,
2: 1,000%. And, so and, Stan, will you promise to keep us posted on how you're doing? Because uh, well,
14: well, In about a week or so, I'll be on the phone arguing with you about something. Well, so you better
2: be. You, better be. you but better be. You better
14: be. I wanted be. The call to call just to let you know that there are mo- some things more important than politics, more important than Donald Trump or Joseph Biden. and. Our lives are just more important, I think.
2: 1,000 percent. And, Stan, you let yeah. us know if you need anything. We are I'm thinking okay. of you. But I'll be all
14: right. I appreciate it. you, and better, you got a great you, caller. You I better call back
2: it. You better call back and argue with me in a few days or I'm oh, going to be absolutely. worried about next, you. Probably you know? by the
14: ne- middle of next week I'll be on the phone arguing about something. We'll uh, get it done.
2: Okay, and if you're really passionate, then I know that you're back in good form, right? I hopefully
14: <laughs> will be. I just need to rest. But I wanted the, everybody to know, please go for a checkup. Please see your local Colon off, get your colon out, and your gastroenterologist. It's urgent. We don't need people with colon cancer. We need people to live and survive. Early detection.
2: 1,000%. And Stan, um, Uh you know, I've had many friends who have had colon cancer and have had, uh, I encourage the checks. I'm so glad that you're sharing this information to encourage people to get the checks because if you get it early.
14: Absolutely uh, absolutely Bravo!
2: To, well, we love you, Stan, and you keep calling and let us let us know how you're I doing, will. please okay. promise Take us
14: Okay, thank you so much. Have a great night. oh, thank
2: you, Stan. Bye-bye. We love you, and we appreciate it, and okay. I'm so glad you're doing better. thank okay. you,
14: thank you so much.
2: thank you, wow, beautiful, beautiful, and Stan, we do love you and appreciate you, and he is a reminder that we all have to get our colonoscopies and get checked, and health is the most important thing. We're going to take your calls when we come back. Stan, we love you. We appreciate you. You feel better, our friend. Thank you very much, everybody. 1-800-848-9222.
1: The Rita Cosby Show.
2: Well, talking about mental competency and also again everybody I want to send a big prayer out to Stan who always calls our show just called us with that really powerful news um, that they detected uh, colon cancer early um, that he had a surgery and I just admire his his candor and his courage for calling us and telling us and also his great advice to everybody to get a colonoscopy because if you catch it early, um, uh, always much, much better results and usually very successful results. It sounds like he had a good surgery. And, Stan, we love you. We appreciate you, and we hope that you get better soon, and you let us know if you need anything. We just always appreciate your calls here on the Rita Cosby Show. I love all of our callers, and and Stan and I have argued, as many of you know. Um, but he's always so fun to argue with, and he's such always uh, a great soul at heart. And greatly appreciate him. And, of course, we hope that he gets better soon and recuperates well and gets back to arguing with me here on the show because we miss that. It's always tons of fun. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Pete, uh, line two. Uh, Pete, your thoughts.
14: Yes. uh, We were talking about Hunter Biden before, his problems. Joe Biden, according to Alan Dersers and Mark Levin, he can pardon himself.
2: Joe Biden could pardon himself is what you're saying? Is according that what
14: you're to saying? According and Mark Levin, they can pardon themselves.
2: Yes, they can. He can, they also can. Pardon Hunter Biden. Well, yes, he except could. Except because, for case. Yes. By the way, he could absolutely pardon anybody, including a family member. Right. And that's happened in the past uh, where somebody has pardoned a family member. So, yeah, that is possible and who knows, maybe that's part of the reason he's sticking around at the White House, because maybe he knows something's coming and he wants to be able to protect the smartest guy he knows, which is Hunter Biden. What What do you make of that whole paternity case, too? It's really wild, Pete, that the paternity case may end up really um, exposing a lot of stuff. Um, Obviously, it's sad for this child, too. It's a four-year-old daughter that apparently the Biden family doesn't acknowledge as their granddaughter. Hunter didn't want to acknowledge it and then was forced to basically concede because a DNA test verified it was his. But then he said he doesn't want to pay any money. He doesn't have any money. That's the irony of it all, that he says he doesn't have any money. And then we're talking about all these reports of these millions upon millions of dollars coming in. He's flying all over the world, and yet he's basically indigent is what he's claiming. And so they're going to now be able to basically maybe go into the laptop and some of his finances. They may be able to get more information than Congress has ever been able to get. Uh, Do you see this being maybe a dangerous place for him? You know, I mean, first of all, obviously not the right thing to do. If that's your child, uh, he should be acknowledging it. And certainly the Biden should be. They talk about loving every family. What about their own family? You know.
7: Pete, go ahead.
14: Oh yeah, uh, he can all he can he can be. The only thing he has to do is, is, is uh for 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 tourniquet. That's the only case he has to show up for.
2: No, you're right. Also, yep, you're right. Pete. Yep. Go ahead, real quick.
14: No, that's that's all I have to say.
2: All, all right. right, all right, Pete. Thank you very much. Let's go to Frank. Line one, Frank. Your thoughts about this?
10: Yeah, E Frank from Astoria. Uh, yeah, Rita, um, you know, I do believe in the politician because, uh, you know, our hospitals need to be funded. There's a lot of cruelty for mental health uh, professionals and practitioners sometimes at hospitals to keep law and order. So I'm also concerned about issues like colonoscopy and so on. I want to be alert about who uh, is giving me my medical treatment and my medical needs. I don't want a malpractice issue. But... the to go back to the topic at hand, I think that Hunter Biden is mature enough and knowledgeable enough to defend himself against some sort of allegation, which includes either gun possession or an IRS issue. And as far as uh, President Biden is concerned, he should be uh, knowledgeable as well. That In the Walter Reed Medical Center, they do approve that he's healthy, that he has his, vaccine, his uh, boosters and that uh, he has no serious problems. And as far as I know, but you know, Frank, you know what? E,
2: but E. Frank, you know what? They haven't shown a lot of his mental competency. And because of that, that's what's raising the flags is where's that part going? You know, we haven't heard that. And you certainly see some diminishment real quick. E. Frank, thank you. Let's go to Andrew real quick. Andrew, go ahead, my friend.
6: Dad, it sounds like he'll be fine. It was sad news, but it's from what he was saying, it was
14: early stage, so he should be fine, which is good news.
2: Yeah, we hope and I so. Think
14: too bad Jerry Springer passed away. He would find out if Hunter Biden was the real father.
2: You know what? That's a great line. Jerry Springer would have gotten to the bottom of it. And everybody, Jerry Springer passed away today. Of course, former mayor of Cincinnati. We've had him as a guest on the show. I always really enjoyed Jerry. He never took himself too seriously.
7: The Rita Cosby Show. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.